Christ. If you follow Jesus and you become like him, you're going to experience opposition. I'm looking at my young people and I know that that's disappointing to you. But he warned you ahead of time that that is the case. Don't think that the world is your friend. Not only that, chapter 15, verse 19, he says, if you were of the world, if you were like them, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Why is the world not your friend? Because you're not like them. You're not of them. You're not part of them. You're a part of the kingdom of God. Praise God. You're a part of the kingdom of God. And because you're of that kingdom and not their kingdom, you don't fit in. You're not like them. You're not one of them. And if, if I need to say this, I will. Quit trying to fit in to their kind of life. Follow Jesus faithfully. It's okay to be different if you're being different by by being like Jesus. Then in chapter 15, verse 20, remember we're talking about the world is not my friend. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. Sometimes we have the attitude, well, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be treated this way. Well, I don't know. Are you better than Jesus? The servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted him, they will persecute you and they will persecute me. And then understand He says, all of these things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me. Listen, you should not expect lost people to act like saved people. There's a whole lot of church members need to hear that. When guests come to us and and they have not grown up in church and they have children with them who've not grown up in church, we should not expect people who've not grown up in church to know how to act in church, and especially little kids who've not grown up in church and been in church all their lives. to act. By the way, little kids should probably act like little kids. Right? It's, it's, it's fun to watch little kids act like little kids. Well, why do we get upset when we get them to church and they act like little kids? They, they should. Well, lost people are going to act like lost people. We need to understand that. And that means we should not, Casey, expect lost people to love us. For all those reasons I've already explained, just understand they're lost. They don't know Jesus. They don't know why these things are important to us. They don't understand why we want to be like Him. The world is not your friend. Worse than that, even your own people will sometimes hurt you. When he says in John 16 too, they, he's talking about his fellow Jews. The people chosen of God, religious people. 
understand that sometimes religious people will be the people that hurt you the most because you do expect them to love you. You do expect them to understand. But they, thinking they're doing God a favor and they're following God, may turn against you and may hurt you desperately. Church people hurting church people has done more harm to the cause of Christ than anybody in the world ever did. Than any lost person ever did. And church people sometimes hurt each other. That means you can expect trouble, sorrow, persecution. You can expect that. Don't be surprised by opposition in your Christian walk. That's what he's saying to his disciples. You're going to be opposed. You're going to have people turn against you. Don't be surprised by opposition. He said, they hated me without cause. Listen, look up here at me. You need to hear this. You need to understand. Life is not fair. Life isn't fair. We have an idea that life ought to be fair and only good things should happen to good people. Bad things should happen to bad people. Good things should happen to good people. It should never be. It's just not fair that bad things happen to good people. And it's not fair that good things should happen to bad people. But I've got news for you. Life isn't fair. Understand that so that you're not surprised by the opposition. He said they hated me for no reason. They hated me without a cause. Life isn't fair and you better not expect it to be. But listen, God knows what He's doing. He is in charge. He knows everything. He knows what He's doing. Okay, so rather than, than be surprised by opposition, what should we do? Well, let your sorrow turn into joy through the Holy Spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. See, back in chapter 15, I'm, I'm talking from John 16, but j back in chapter 15, he said, I'm going to send a helper to you. I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send you a helper. And he says in John 16, 1, I've said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. That falling away, that phrase, is a Greek word, skandalizo. It's where we get our, our English word, Roger, scandal. The word scandal. But what it means is to trip or to stumble. Now I'm good at stumbling. I can stumble over a spot on the a spot of paint on the sidewalk. I I think my wife says that I don't pick my feet up enough. And I I think they're making shoe the soles of my shoes thicker and thicker. And that's but that's what that word means to stumble. And what it is, Chris, it's where something doesn't seem right to us and it causes us to trip up and not do what we ought to do and not be who we ought to be. We're scandalized because something hits us that we're not expecting. And he says, I'm telling you all this 
so that you won't trip up, that you won't fall, that you won't quit. Don't quit just because life is not fair. Do not allow opposition to cause you to fall away because you have a helper. Chapter 16, verse 7. I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. You see, our, the Holy Spirit comes and he said, it's good for me to go away. I need you to think about this. Leah, when Jesus was here on earth, because he came in a physical body, you understand that he could only be in one place at one time. But when he goes, he sends the Holy Spirit. And Kelly, all of a sudden, now, he can be everywhere present all at the same time. That means he is with all of us. And he is your helper. He is here to help you. He said, I will send Him unto you. Not only that, when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment. That means that He's fighting against the world. That's good news. The world is our opposition, but the Spirit of God is here. He is here not only to help us, He's here to fight against the world. He is convicting them of their sin, of His righteousness and judgment. In fact, the Scripture says, concerning sin, because they do not believe in Me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father. There is a God in heaven, and the Spirit of God works to convince people there is a God in heaven. They have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And one day, they will stand judged before God by, for what they've done in this life. And so, I, I love that notion that the Spirit of God is fighting for us. Aaron, I still love that song. It was our theme song at the retreat last year. And it thrills my heart every time I hear it. Fighting for us. He is fighting for us. Understand the Spirit of God is here as your helper. And He is fighting on your behalf. Fighting against the world. Not only that, but He is here as your guide. He says in verse 13, When the Spirit of truth comes. Oh, I wish I had time. I would talk with you about the fact that the Holy Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. There is a spirit of error, a lying spirit, Satan, the adversary in this world today. But we have the Spirit of truth. And when He comes, He will guide you into all truth. He helps you understand the Bible. He helps you know what to do. Even when you don't understand why God does what He does, you don't understand what He's trying to tell us, you don't understand what you ought to pray for, and you don't know what tomorrow holds. He guides us into all truth. He is our guide. So that our sorrow, our frustration, our worry and our fear can be turned into 
joy. Not only do we have a helper, but we have a promise. He says in John 16:22, "So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again." I wonder, Cheryl, they just didn't get it. You know? They did not get it. He's going to die, but we're going to see him again. Die, see him again. Die. How does that make sense? That's why he said your sorrow will come to, will turn into joy. They will be sad when they see him crucified, but then they will see him raised. And at that point, I love this promise, no one will take your joy from you. We have a promise of resurrection. We have a promise of seeing him again one day. And he gives us a joy that is an everlasting joy that no one can take away. Not only that, but we have the power of prayer. How can your sorrow be turned into joy? Well, you, you have a helper. You have someone to fight for you. You, ha you have the promise of the resurrection. And you have the power of prayer. He said, truly, truly. That's amen, amen. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, He will give it to you. The power of prayer. And so let your sorrow be turned into joy. Lead me to the cross. You remember the story I told you about the little boy who was lost. And when they tried to give him directions, they began to mention all the landmarks of the city. And they finally mentioned the church. And he said, is it the church with the big cross? He said, yes it is. And he said, lead me to the cross. I can get home from there. When your sorrow comes, when the time of frustration and you just don't understand, we will lead you to the cross of Jesus Christ because you can get home from there. Your sorrow will turn into joy. And he says, be courageous. Be courageous because of Jesus, because of Christ. Now, he says, I've said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have trouble, but take heart. That, that term, take heart, means have a heart. That means be brave. Be courageous. I, I found different translations of that, but the best, the one I like the best says, be courageous. How can you be courageous when all this is going on around us? Because you know that Jesus has already had the victory. He said, I have overcome the world. And so because of Christ, because of the cross, you and I can be brave. We don't have to be fearful. We don't have to be sorrowful. We can be courageous. We can be bold in Jesus Christ. Because of His victory. You see, He lived a victorious life. He overcame sin. He lived with temptation. He was tempted of Satan, yet without sin. 
He knows how you feel. When you go through temptation, when you experience sorrow, He knows how you feel. But He overcame that temptation. And He he overcame the tempter. And Casey, man, He wants you to have a victorious life. And I do too. He wants us to live courageously. He wants us to have a victorious life. We can be courageous because of His victory, because He had victory over sin in His death on the cross. All those times that you failed, all those times that you've backslidden, all the mistakes you ever made, every sin you ever committed, He nailed to the cross and paid the price of that sin. He overcame sin by His death on the cross. He was victorious. Here in a couple of weeks, I will preach to you about the seven cries of Jesus from the cross. And I love, I might do a little dance when I preach when He says, it is finished. That means the debt is paid. Totally paid. There's nothing else you have to do to be saved. Just receive Jesus as Savior. He paid it all on the cross. Lead me to the cross. I can get home from there. We can be courageous because He had victory over death by His resurrection. His resurrection promises us our resurrection, that He will raise us from the dead. Listen, His victory turns our sorrow into joy. I said to you, you may struggle because you don't understand why He does what He does. You may struggle because you don't always understand what He's trying to say to you. You may struggle because you don't know what tomorrow holds and you don't even know what to pray for. But again, chapter 16, verse 30, we know that He knows. We know that He knows. And we believe Him. My faith is in Jesus. Our victory is in Jesus. And through Him, our sorrow is turned into joy.